Gang podcast for October 10th, 2013. The Vegas Gang is a roundtable discussion show for issues related to casinos in Las Vegas, Macau, and the rest of the world. This is the most professional podcast on the internet. Uh, let me go around the virtual table here and introduce my co hosts. I have Chuck Monster, who is the editor in chief at VegasTripping.com. What's happening, Chuck? Not all that much. Very happy to be here with you guys. Woohoo, me too. And of course, Dr. Dave Schwartz, the director of UNLV's Center for Gaming Research and uh, head Sarno expert. Hey, Dave. Hey. Um, my name is Hunter Kelligus, and I make apps I give away for free for a living. <laughs> um, we are going to – instead of doing – we usually do announcements and topics. I think we're just going to roll through stuff here because um, you know we do have – uh, so a big event coming up, big event on multiple levels. It's coming up in just over a week now. Very exciting. And, uh, you know, it's more than an announcement at this point. It's content. So we're going to talk <laughs> about VIMF. VIMF, of course, is what I'm referring to. VIMF is the Vegas Internet Mafia Family Picnic. Uh, it was funny that there was a, a Facebook post on the 500 group, people talking about VIMF. And then one guy writes in and says, what is VIMF? And I said, wow, really? <laughs> you must be new here. Um, so I helpfully sent him the link, and I hope that that uh, helped shed some light on what on what the madness will ensue. So VIMF, VIMF is actually now more than just a single event. VIMF is sort of a state of mind. Um, <laughs> that begins, uh, you know, next, probably uh, for most people, a week from tomorrow, Friday, and then we'll continue um, through the weekend. We've got events on Friday and Saturday. I'm sure many of our listeners will be staying through the weekend and maybe longer as well. Um, very exciting. So uh, actually, I should bring the, uh, the schedule up here so I don't misquote anything. Um, let's see. So here we go. Uh, starting on Friday, we're going to have our ceremonial toast at, uh, at the Long Bar. Just a nice little welcome moment for folks that are gathering. You can come and hang out and, uh, and see some of your fellow listeners and friends and hosts and co-hosts and uh, all that sort of thing should be very fun, mm-hmm. and then uh, later on that afternoon, slightly, just slightly thereafter, our good immediately, f- yeah, I guess immediately, back to back, as we say mm-hmm. in the business. Uh, Five Honey by Midnight, our good friends at Five Honey by Midnight are going to be having their listener meetup, which is at the View Bar at the D, um, and then immediately after that will be the seven hundred and seventy seventh running of the Vimp Tucky Derby. So there is the. Uh, the first uh, round of the Viptucky Derby will be taking place in the uh, Vintage Casino where the Sigma Derby machine is up there. At, that's at 5 p.m. And then uh, fast forward to 10 p.m. where we have the World Series of Satin Casino Jackets, which will, uh, if you're there to watch, you want to show up at Long Bar, which is the big bar uh, that anchors the D Casino. If you are a contestant in uh, in this event, you want to gather at the Blarney Stone, which is in, which is in the Vintage Casino, which is actually upstairs, and you want to make sure that you're there at least 15 minutes early so that we can get everything sorted. Uh, so 9:45, if you're a contestant in that event, um, if you're just going to hang out and watch, uh, 10 10 p.m. is fine, and it should be a lot of fun. And then from there, folks are encouraged to go off and wander Fremont and have a have an exciting evening. Um, just make sure that you. Don't party hard enough that you can't be awake the next day at 1.57 p.m. Uh, for the VIMPF main event, which is going to be at the in the showroom at the D. 
This is uh, uh, the event that we've been planning leading up to, which is going to be a live version of this show, the Vegas Gang Podcast, with a special guest, uh, Seth Shore, who is about to open a new property just down across the street a ways. Um, so that's going to be very, very exciting. Uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit about all of his life experiences, which are, are varied and very interesting, and talk about downtown Grand. Uh, of course, the live version of 500 by Midnight never, never disappoints. Um, I, I am counting on, I know that Tim gets a little bit nervous, so I'm going to say I'm counting on them to top their last year's performance, to really go <laughs> above and beyond, um, because I know they can do it. Don't be nervous, Tim. Don't be nervous. You're going to be great, buddy. Um, and then... Very exciting. Our own Dr. Dave is launching his book, Grandissimo. So uh, why don't we pause in the schedule rundown here a little bit, Dave. Why don't you tell us what you're planning for the book launch? I'm planning a lot of fun stuff. Um, Basically, I could do a couple of my favorite things, three of my favorite things. Number one, talk about my work and share that. Uh, Number two, hang out with Vegas Internet Mafia people. Number three, give away stuff. See, so perfect. I get to do all three of them, and I get to sell a couple books too, which isn't so bad. So basically, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit about the book. I'm gonna thank the people who in my Kickstarter campaign are to be thanked at that level, which is which is pretty cool. I'm gonna take questions from people about the book and about Jay Sarno, and if people want to try to stump me, they can. But uh, I don't think there's any special rewards for stumping me because I'm also going to be giving out giving out some stuff, some stickers, some reposition uh, repositionable wall art, if I can say that word correctly, mm. and cool postcards and bookmarks too, like the mm. just stuff that I think was cool. I was tr- I was thinking about doing cards, decks of playing cards, which I could do, but I couldn't do them for under about $9 each. Yeah. So that was kind of the, that was a deal breaker there. And I was thinking, well, maybe I should buy a bunch and then sell them for $9.50 or $10, but I I don't really know what the demand is for that. Yeah. It's kind of cool, but I I don't know. So that is, uh, the playing cards aren't going to happen, but I do have a lot of cool stuff that is going to happen. I've got a great idea. Yes. You take, get, grab a sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. And go over to Caesar's Palace and knock out one of the S's, the concrete S's that they huh. still have. You know, there's still a couple places in the property where they exist, and bring that and give that away. Yeah, I actually <laughs> do have one of those in my office, and I would not part with this. Yes, I, you're, yeah. it's probably wise. Yeah, if I could get a second one, I might. <clears throat> hey, you know, like I said, middle of the night. There's a couple <laughs> places where there's no cameras. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's going to be exciting. You mentioned uh, books for sale. So um, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. There are some folks that backed Kickstarter at a level where they are going to be receiving a book. And we'll get a book, yes. Those people can pick it up there. And also for those that maybe didn't participate in the Kickstarter or whatever, you're going to be selling some books. Yes. If you backed it in Kickstarter at the at that level where you're entitled to a book, you will get your book. I will sign it right there. Uh, while we're kind of in the moment, which I think will be a lot more fun than me signing at home than bringing it. If you don't have a book yet, if you, you know, if you just want to buy a book, you can buy them too. I'm going to have them. I'm also going to have copies of Roll the Bones, the casino edition and the first edition available for sale as well. So you can really bulk up your Dr. Dave section <laughs> of your bookshelf. Uh, with one fell swoop, you can add, you can add three volumes to that. So wow. pretty much if people want to buy a book by me, they'll be able to do it. So gonna do that um will you sign yeah. books will you sign books you've already signed before i will i okay. will <laughs> sign it until there's no place left to sign. So, yeah cool. i'll pretty much sign anything i will uh will you sign my butt yeah sure <laughs> awesome <laughs> if it's the right uh 
size. Make sure you take a shower first, buddy. If yeah. I mean, if the mood, if, if it's the right mood for that, yeah. You know, if things go a certain way. It's always the right mood for yeah. that. Sign my butt. I guess it is, yeah. <laughs> Will you sign other people's butts, or is this butt signing that limited all to me? That all I, you know, there are, probably, there are also some rules in terms of nudity in casinos. So we don't want to, yes, Derek doesn't want to lose his license or anything. No, no, so we yeah. can't have that. We so got to be careful. Sign, I will sign any book type thing or I don't know what else paper products any paper product I think I have you know what most people want to know will there be any artisanal nut butter available Ooh. there will not be <laughs> this was another call I was thinking maybe I'll maybe I'll whip up a couple of uh, hey maybe there will be I don't know if people want to love uh, you know 16 ounces of artisanal nut butter around them in a little glass jar on their while they're in Vegas sure it is I, a picnic Dave I can I, you know I can bring some down I'll bring I can bring that <laughs> whip up a couple jars and bring them down and uh, if people do that uh, that's great I will ask you to bear with me because I've never done anything of this magnitude before and I kind of have to figure out how to coordinate getting everybody the books that they want and making sure that I'm, I'm doing that right. So yeah. I'm probably going to have some kind of Excel spreadsheet. And also if you are not going to be there, you're, I have, I've received the books this weekend. I'm hoping to sign the ones that are going to be mailed out and I hope I can get them in the mail this weekend. If not this weekend, I will do it next week. This is another thing. I've never done a mailing of this size uh, before. So yeah, I mean, I'm going to have a little bit of a learning curve here. So well, I'm hoping to get them out in the mail really soon too, but I'm, I'm working on it. We should talk offline maybe about this, but we yeah. could probably help help you in the on-site stuff. Uh, get some people that are willing to help you if you've got a system. So uh, yeah. we should we should talk about more about that offline. But The, um, the other cool thing I want to say is that if you, you've already gotten your reward, if you were supposed to get the essay about um, – Morris Lapidus and the lost chapter about Jay's college year. I've already sent that out. So you should have that. If you haven't gotten it, check your Kickstarter account because it's there and uh, you've got that. So I'm feeling pretty good about this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Excellent. Very most excellent. Um, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, one last question. What mo Have you decided what mo methods of payment you're going to accept? Yes, I have. I am going to accept cash, of course, and credit cards. Uh, for those people that might want to bring exact change, do you know what the book's going to cost? Twenty one ninety five for the. I actually have a price list somewhere. Actually, hang on a second. Let me. All right, I can't get to my iPad. Twenty one ninety five for Grand. Nah, man, I'm all over the place. Eighteen ninety five for Grandissimo. Twenty nine. Twenty one ninety five for the uh, Roll the Bones Casino Edition. And I think $25 for the first edition. And I think I have a special for $35 where you get the first edition and second edition of Roll the Bones. Can I mm. uh, Can I just – this sounds like a nightmare making change. Yeah. Uh, I, maybe those people that want to buy a book just round up. That will be, be helpful. <laughs> you know, just not, make life a lot easier. You know, if not, I'm going to hit the nickel machines. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I have to take a little break, say, wait, guys, go hit the nickel machines. And, uh, it's true. There, to, there's a to, lot of change hit, around. Yeah, try to hit like a four of a kind and then cash out. There so, you go. I'm sure that'll work great. Perfect. So, yeah, um, that would be appreciated. But I, I will, uh, again, I'm going to be able to take credit cards. I have tried my, my Square Reader. I sold my first copy using my Square Reader yesterday, and it worked perfectly. Go. So I am all set up and ready to go with that. Great. So mucho excelente. Yes. 
very good. So, of course, that's going to be the uh, the Grandissimo launch. It's going to be very exciting, lots of fun. But that is not all there is, my friends. That is mm-hmm. not all there is. Um, following that will be Vegas Tripping Match Game. But I, I just can't do this justice. Chuck, why don't you explain what this is? Basically, this is a uh, a version of the old 70s game show with all the VT knuckleheads and some other friends on the panel. So people, we ask them a question. We're going to grab two people from the audience. We're going to ask them a question. They provide an answer, which tries to match with what the panel has written down. We're going to do about five rounds of this. And then whoever has the most points at the end of these rounds is going to win some prizes. So it's pretty simple. If you uh, get offended, uh, you probably want to leave before this thing happens because it's going to be outrageous and insane. It's a little bit raunchy, but it's very fun. Uh, it's all in good fun. Yes. Uh, so that those uh, those components make up the the main event, and then immediately following the main event, we're going to head out of the showroom, across the Vintage Casino, back over to the Sigma Derby uh, area, where we will finish the Vimptucky Derby with the finals. There, the folks that made it to that level. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, we previously announced the prizes that are related to that. There's definitely some some good uh, some good prizes there. Um, then folks are free to, uh, to roam and mingle on their own. Uh, and then of course at 9 PM, um, a special concert, the, for, uh, Vimp, the Vimp after party, which is our lady peace Canadian band, uh, that is going to be playing starting at nine. It's going to be awesome. A lot of fun. Um, for those that didn't attend last year, they sort of segment, uh, the, uh, the viewing area a little bit. Um, so that it is out on Fremont, but, uh, those of us that are attending the event are going to get, uh, our VIP access, which is a lot of fun. Um, There's also a little bit more information on the website about some secret uh, food uh, items that are going to be available over the weekend that you want to check out. And the D is actually having uh, two tournaments, a Kino tournament and a slot tournament that are unrelated to our event. But um, for those folks that are coming, they're open to the public. If you want to enter one of those tournaments, you absolutely can. Um, So, Definitely consider that if that's your thing, for sure. Also, uh, all this information is at VegasInternetMafia.com. Chuck made a really great responsive website that works great on your desktop computer, but also on your iPhone or Android phone, or I don't think they make Blackberries anymore, but probably Windows phone. Um, All that stuff works great. Plus, uh, also, if you have Vegas Meet, you can access the same page there as well. It's linked up from the first screen. Um, did I miss anything? Did I leave anything out? It's way too late to get a hotel room at the D and use that actually, promo code? Actually, that's not true. Oh, I lied. Oh. Because I just booked two days ago, and oh. it was already said it was sold out. So if you put the code in, then there are rooms available. All right. Well, you heard it here last. You heard it here last. And regarding the web page, you should bookmark it to your phone, your home screen, so you got the little donut there. Absolutely. So when you need to know the stuff, you'll have it right there on your phone. Absolutely. So definitely do that. It's got all of this information nicely laid out, easy to follow, so you will not miss a single event at VIMP 2013. I could not be more excited about this. It's going to be awesome. Um, thank you all in advance to everybody that's coming. I will say, you know, I heard Tim say this on his show and I unfortunately have the same affliction. I've probably met you before, but I will not remember this. And this is not because you aren't awesome. It is because (laughs) I am not very bright and I just do not remember 
people's faces very well. Um, so I apologize in advance, and please feel free to jog my memory, uh, and especially if uh, you know we mostly interact on something like Twitter or maybe Facebook, uh, and you've got a, a name that is different, uh, feel free to mention that as well, so... So yeah. that uh, so that I'll make the connection. So I'm really sorry. I, I honestly, it's just so many people I end up meeting at these events, which is fantastic. But I I don't have a good head for this stuff, and I always forget. Yeah, it's like Earth name, Twitter handle, VT username. Yes, exactly. Five hundred colon pseudonym. <laughs> right, exactly. You, you, just list all four of those in a row, and we'll figure out who you are. Exactly, and uh, I think what we did—I'm writing this down right now—but we did this last time. We actually had little name tags you could fill out, which was helpful for some folks. Uh, certainly optional if uh, that's not your bag, baby. But um, totally <laughs> workable if uh, might be helpful. All right. Anyway, Vimp next. Friday, Saturday, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be awesome. VegasInternetMafia.com has all the info. And for those of you that cannot attend, this is the last time we're going to speak about it on this show. Until next year. Um, so, that is that. Moving on. Let's see. Uh, we've got a couple of interesting topics here. I'm trying to decide exactly where to start. I think what I want to do is start by talking about the Palms. Um, because, let's see, it was last week. I can't remember exactly when this happened now. Um, that, uh, you know, I, I first saw this announced on Twitter, Norm Clark, who, uh, of course writes for the review journal was tweeting about Dan Lee taking over at the palms as the CEO. So, um, you know, over the course of the last year and change, the palms has had a new CEO. I can't pronounce the dude's last name. Um, but yeah, okay. That's the one. And uh, he's been working to change stuff quite a bit. They've they've gone a bunch of the restaurants have been changed out. They've been renovating the clubs. A lot of the stuff that uh, you know it's been sort of stagnant um, over the last few years. Um, and uh, so now he is gone, and Dan Lee is back. And for those that don't know Dan Lee, um, he has quite a track record in the gaming industry. Um, did a lot of work with Steve Wynn. At Mirage Resorts, um, a lot of he was the CFO there during their massive expansion period when they built both Beau Rivage in uh, Mississippi and also Bellagio. Um, so, and amongst other projects that he worked on, I mean, it was it was a very active time when he was there. And then he went on to be the CEO of Pinnacle, which um, you know was doing projects all over the United States. Um, that. Ended. Um, I'm not. I don't want to give away too many details here because Chuck, actually, you wrote a fantastic piece on Vegas tripping about this, and it wasn't just uh, sort of, hey, this guy is taking over. It was um, more of an analysis of what this might mean. And so I was hoping that you would maybe tell us a little bit about what you wrote and what your thoughts are on this development. Sure. Uh, you know the the Palms finds itself in a strange predicament. Uh, all the the things that they used to do uh, now are being done better by other people. Uh, the nightclub scene, which Maloof pretty much invented for the most part, nightclub, day club, partying thing, has uh, has moved to other properties, and the competition for that dollar has gotten incredibly insane. Uh, so the Palms engaged in a rebranding effort like you just mentioned to try and find whatever it is that the palms is supposed to be uh they did two years of this 
they've upgraded all sorts of stuff, upgraded the rooms, they gave Playboy the boot, a couple other things. And now they find themselves wondering, well, what the hell's going to happen? What are we going to do with this place? It didn't really work out as well as they had hoped. You can't really recapture past glories. What you have to do is find a new glory. And the Palms management has hired Dan Lee, former Pinnacle CEO, uh, publicly traded company. I think they have a, what, a dozen or so casinos located throughout the country to run this property. Dan Lee got into a little bit of trouble a few years ago. This is how he lost his job at Pinnacle, by strong-arming some local St. Louis uh, lawmakers and council members because they agreed to let a competitor build a property near their St. Louis resort. He basically uh, mouthed off, and then the board of directors said, okay, you, you, we can't have you as, as the CEO. So he lost his job. Since that time, Pinnacle is merged with Ameristar, the Pinnastar, Amer- Americal, or whatever it was that we called it a few months ago. And Dan Lee has been laying quiet. He also has done some other work with another property. But now here's this guy, Dan Lee. He's the dude who went around and organized the sale and purchase of all of those little shards of property between Bellagio and Monte Carlo that are now city center. He did this in the most slick, sly way by creating uh, false corporations and holding companies and not alerting any of the owners that he was talking to that he was buying this stuff on behalf of Mirage Resorts. So they didn't ask for the big money. He kind of tricked everybody into getting this stuff together. He's done this twice. He did it in Atlantic City as well for the for the Sands property that eventually Pinnacle gave up on. But he has a track record of doing pretty amazing large-scale things. Him being hired <laughs> to be the CEO, basically property president of the Palms, does not make a lot of sense. He is, is a giant. He's, he's, he's a dynamo. He's huge. He's massive. His brain is huge. He understands the whole game. Why would they hire him to, to basically run the Palms? That was kind of my question through the analysis. What exactly is the point here? Is the point a low-level competition between the neighboring properties, Rio, which is basically a, you know, a dingleberry on Caesar's debt load? <laughs> uh, the Gold Coast, which is... You know, it's solidly attached to Boyd, who are dependable. Or is something else going to happen here? I'm sorry, Jeff, but Boyd is the most boring company of all of, in all of gaming. <laughs> what really is going to happen here with Dan and the Palms? He's not the property president. There's something else going on here. Who knows what this is? But this is Dan Lee's third act. This is his third time on the runaround. And it's very possible that Texas Pacific Group, who are also partners in the Caesars Corporation, might be, this is just a guess, grooming, getting Dan Lee ready to take over Gary Loveman's job. That's just a guess. I didn't fully get into that in the in the piece, but it, it seems like he's a size 12 foot going into a size 4 shoe. 
You know, he's too big to be the property president, the Palms. There's something else going on here, and we'll soon find out, I'm sure. Yeah, I think um, I was surprised, and I think for many of the same reasons. It it seems like um, too small of a job for a guy with those credentials. Now, again, but that said, I don't know what his personal situation is. I mean, maybe, I mean, you could look at this a couple different ways, right? Maybe he literally needs a job. Yeah. Um, that's possible. I don't know. Um, or maybe it is more strategic. Maybe there is, maybe there is opportunity to grow here. The other thing I don't know is how TPG is set up. And in terms of, uh, yes, they have investments in both of these properties, but are they like internally run by the same brain trust or are these almost competing factions within this investment group? Um, I'm not really sure how that works. Are they operating with a grand strategic plan for all of their investments? That would be smart. Or are they uh, in, instead you know, these warring groups of people that have in, of individual principles under the umbrella that have made investments that uh, are just trying to make each individual investment succeed? And I really don't know. Um, but that would be, I think, very informative in terms of trying to nail down um, what uh, what the big picture might be here. Uh, I, I find this fascinating. The, the one person we haven't heard from on this yet, though, is Dave. What are your thoughts on this? Of course, you're very familiar with Dan Lee. I think that Chuck's really onto something. You know, it kind of intrigued me. At first, I thought it might it was a step down for. Dan Lee, but reading what Chuck wrote about it really made me think that, hey, maybe this is the first act in that, or the first scene in that third act, and something bigger might be happening. You know, the other possibility is that they get together a management group or something like that, or an ownership group, and go around either managing other people's casinos, buying casinos, maybe managing uh, tribal casinos. Right. You know, there's a lot of different things you can do with a guy like Dan Lee. So I think it puts him in a very good position. Well, I think, and I think, Chuck, you mentioned this in your piece, but it was also a question of, does this signal that the Palms uh, brand is going to be expanding? Um, you know, there was definitely talk about expansion of the Palms brand in the Maloof era, right? When things were going up like a rocket ship, he was talking about maybe doing something in Macau or someplace else, Atlantic City maybe even. I mean, he, he was at least... When he would be interviewed and asked about that, he'd be like, sure, maybe, you know, totally we'd like to see other palms out there. Now, that never happened, um, but maybe uh, hiring a guy like Dan Lee is a signal that that kind of expansion is planned. It's possible. You know, Leonard Green and Associates also had bids in on uh, MGM's half of Borgata when that went into the trusts. So this – I don't really know – a hell of a lot about this Leonard Green character and his partners, but uh, he's obviously interested in hoovering up distressed, questionable, or whatever assets that need to be sold in a hurry or financed. So it could be that he's going to put together a like an icon-style portfolio with with TPG. Uh, to to build upon, and maybe Dan Lee's the guy who they're going to put in the driver's seat of this thing. There could be other acquisitions we don't even know about. Yeah. I mean, it does sort of feel to me like over the past few years, the Palms has sort of underperformed. Um, uh, just in terms of where it was in the in the pecking order of of properties, it it is maybe dropped a few a few notches, and I'm sure that the internal struggles there you know a lack of a, a leadership vacuum is is never a good thing and mm -hmm. they went through some difficult uh, adjustments when Maloof exited and then there was uh some of this other stuff going on 
So, you know, it may be that the, the, the investors just believe it's undervalued and they want this, they want Dan to, uh, to take it to the next level. It's going to be interesting to see what I'm wondering though, wh- where is George Maloof? Is this guy like, uh, has he gone into witness protection? Uh, I don't hear anything about George Maloof anymore. Um, the last thing I remember hearing is that he was still technically the chairman of the company. Is that still true or has that also been, uh, been changed? And, and what, what is he doing? Is, is he planning something else? Is he giving up on Las Vegas? Is he plotting a comeback? Any, does anybody have any, uh, gossip or insight on this topic? I mean, it just seems like this guy that was the wonderkind, you know, expected to be the salvation of Las Vegas 2.0. Uh, he's vanished. I don't know what he's doing. You know, you've got to think that he's probably not too happy being where he is right now, you know, watching the second person take over his casino. So I hope he's uh, got a project he's working on. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's been busy dealing with the, uh, the Kings, right? Aren't they trying to sell the Kings to, yeah. I mean, I somebody that's still no, something. yeah, but I get the I get. I mean, I don't really know, but I get the impression that his brothers are more involved in the team than he is. Uh, mm. I, at least that was the, always the impression I got that that the the two of them were were more actively involved in the day to day of the basketball team. But maybe maybe that is it. I don't know. Um, I'm sure that it must be tough to watch this whole thing go on. I can't imagine what it would be like to be that involved in creating and building something and then have it taken away. Yep, it would <laughs> be heart, heartbreaking. Um, all right, so that's the Palms. That's Dan Lee. I expect we're going to hear a lot more about this story, so um, definitely stay tuned, folks. Um, but uh, let's see. Let's let's uh, get in our little uh, mini uh, mini Cooper and drive over to the uh, Las Vegas Convention Center for G two E. Dave, G two E is uh, the gambling industry's uh, annual convention. You'll see you know vendors like IGT show off slot machines, new table games, all kinds of you know new back of house systems to run. X, Y, and Z. Um, it's a trade show for casino industry professionals. Uh, you attended, as you have many, many times. Um, so why don't you tell us what you saw? What was it like this year? Sure. You know, this year, as always, there's a lot of slot machines. There's a lot of people trying to sell you new table game ideas. There's a lot of other vendors just selling everything from seats and chairs to costumes to Dak remix. I mean, like pretty much anything you could think of that would be consumed in a casino, you can buy. You know, last year, I remember I did a lot of little Vegas seven pieces, kind of finding the sort of wackiest vendors I could. So one one company that just sold locks and I found out in great detail. And it was actually quite fascinating about all the things that you could lock more than just doors. You OK, know, you, can lock, you can lock pretty much anything up. So uh, this year. I was struck not really by the product so much. There was a, there was a lot of that. There, um, well, I'll talk a little bit about the products, even though I said I wasn't struck by them. There's a lot of cool stuff. Uh, for me, the coolest thing was the ZZ Top slot machine. But like, is I'm it covered in fur? It's not. Oh. I think that's a missed opportunity. <laughs> but it is pretty cool. It is it is pretty cool. the The biggest deal was made about the Avatar slot machine. I got to go to this dinner where you got to hear from the producer of Avatar. And one of the stars of the movie about the whole creative process of working with IGT and developing hey, the slot machine. Hold yeah. on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> Avatar slot machine was the biggest deal. Like, let me. This yeah. is. I feel. I feel like this is a consistent issue with the with the branded slot machines. They're like two years behind the zeitgeist in terms of what people are care about. Avatar. Yeah, it was a hugely oh. successful movie, but like, 
Would you seek out an avatar slot machine? I, There's going to be like three more of them. I, I know that they're making sequels, so yeah. maybe this will help. But still, so seriously? Yeah. I yeah I don't know, but that was the, that was definitely the biggest thing. I'm trying All to right. think of the other huge ones. There's a Willy Wonka thing. See, that's there more was, timeless and classic. I can get behind that. Yeah, yeah. But they are basically Avatar. creating this whole world of Avatar slot machines to, I guess, follow through with the sequels. So yeah, that Good is them. that was that was really big. That was really big. Um, trying to think of what else. I mean, the, the other the thing that struck me the most though was the general feeling that the landscape is shifting. Uh, one thing that I thought made this really clear was the fact that Victor Rocha, who does Pachanga.net, which is basically started out in 1998 as a blog covering Native American uh, gaming and tribal gaming issues, and has blossomed this huge, great news source with all sorts of things, not just gaming, but also tribal issues. He got the Lifetime Achievement Award for the communications the, their communications lifetime achievement award, which to me is really striking. You know, if you had said in 1998 that a blogger in a California tribe is going to be one day given an award at something organized by the, by the American Gaming Association, which then was you know locked in this tooth and nail struggle over Prop Five, and you know they were they were fighting bitterly against that, you would they would have said you were nuts. So it just shows me the real evolution right. there and how the industry shifting. Jeff Freeman, who is the new president of the AGA, has talked a lot about this. And they really are looking at changing their membership to being just the traditional idea of gaming and really changing the idea of gaming to be to include more than just casinos and slot machines. Hmm. And it's something they've done consistently. You know, originally it was just land-based casinos and riverboat casinos. About five years ago, I think they broadened it to also include racinos. And I think they're gonna continue to broaden it, you know, as the number of players through consolidation. And people just dropping out kind of shrinks for that core industry. I think they have to broaden it through consolidation. Yeah. So that was really the big – to me, that was the big story was, was stuff like that. Chuck, so, are they uh, giving you that award next year? I really hope they have Jim Murren and <laughs> Sam Nazarian hand it to me <laughs> <laughs> together. That would be incredible. I would, I, I would definitely take pictures. <laughs> um, I'll, wear, I'll wear a suit. So – so, Dave, what was your impression? Um, and this is hard to gauge, but maybe you got a sense in terms of you know folks that were there, optimistic about the future of the industry of the next year, pessimistic. Things feel like they're going better, worse, the same. Any thoughts on that? I'll tell you what. For the past five years, the story has always been this year is so much more optimistic than last year. Last year sucked. This year, everything is great. So I could tell you, yes, you know, it was optimistic, and there was a buzz in the air, and people are. But it would be the same thing that people were saying last year and pretty much every year since 2000. Well, 2008, there was a little bit of shell shock. But since 2009, it's been, oh, yeah, things are better now. Things are better now, even when they're not. So I, I think it's shifting. You know, definitely you get this feeling there was a lot of – there was a lot more of the online gaming folks there. I know 888 was doing a lot of press interviews. That I did one with them that's I'm incorporating into a Vegas 7 piece I'm doing. So – there was a lot more of that and kind of a lot – even though there was a lot of the traditional stuff in the slot machines, proportionally it felt like less. So to me, that was the that was a big shift. It's like, hey, it's kind of – it's finally sinking in that, wow, the way people gamble is changing and that means this business is going to change. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, personally, I cannot wait to play Avatar. It's going to be great. Um well, I, I've been to G2E, but not the last couple of years. Uh, I I mean, I completely understand, you know, you're down the street, this is your job, 
why you attend. I, it's been harder and harder for me to justify coming there to attend the show uh, because it always seems like it's mm, a lot of the same kind of thing, repeat, rinse and repeat over and over again. I mean, the panel's about use social media to make your casino great. I mean, this is like stuff that's in those books that you find at Barnes & Noble about how to use Twitter to make your business good. Um, it's just not, I don't know. Maybe I'm too cynical. I, 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 these, all these conferences are the same. It doesn't matter what industry they're in. They all have the same kind of use XYZ trend to make XYZ better kind of panels and discussions that don't really mean anything. Yeah, you know, I think the real value – for me, the real value is seeing the the floor and getting to talk to a lot of people. Sure. And I think for a lot of the folks – so if you run some little casino somewhere out in the middle of nowhere, it's – kind of a good experience to come here and get to see a panel where people are saying, hey, look, this is what we're doing here. And yeah. it seems obvious to a lot of us because we follow this stuff so closely, but I think for other people, it can be a little bit refreshing. So it's it's definitely interesting. I can definitely see there's value, especially if, definitely if you're buying stuff for a casino, you want to go yeah, to this sure. because this is when everybody is trying to sell you stuff right. and I don't think they'll ever be nicer to you because they <laughs> know that you've got a bunch of other people you could buy stuff from, you know, right down the floor there. So they're right. going to be very nice. So, yeah, I mean, that's probably the thing. If you're just a casual person who likes casinos, it's probably not going to be that great. Although it is, you know, I think it is interesting to see the slot machines. And uh, although you've got to be warned, if you are not buying a slot machine, they might not be that polite to you. Yeah. Uh, I've had that happen where I've kind of been shooed away. It is. I know other folks have too. It is a show for industry people. And while you definitely can get in if you're not, or it's not that difficult, um, it is designed for industry people, and so yeah, they, they're those IGT is there to sell slot machines, not to yeah play you avatar videos. And, yeah, like not to hang out. And I can definitely empathize with the with the salespeople there because this is their big thing. You know, they've been preparing through, for this for months, and I'm not going to waste their time. You know, asking them questions about stuff when I'm not buying a machine. Yeah, no, I I think. If you go to a conference like this, really the va- the value is the networking, right? The meeting yeah. the people. Um, that's just stuff you cannot do as anywhere near as easily as you can uh, in person. So definitely a lot of value in that. Um, cool. Well, thank you for sharing your G2E story. I, uh, I'm very excited about all the new slot machines coming. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> Um, let's let, let's uh, strap on your Birkenstocks, run over to the airport, and fly across the land to your homestead, Atlantic City, because we're going to go back to you, Dave, with a story about your recent trip to Atlantic City and an unexpected bright spot at uh, that maybe involves uh, Jimmy. Tell me what's up. Yes, I had a recent trip there, just a quick trip. I took a walk down the boardwalk to see what everybody was doing. Atlanta Club, it was... Again, I really like what they're doing. I really love the locals' orientation and everything, but they didn't seem to have a ton of traffic in there, you know, which is kind of – it's kind of heartbreaking for me because I think they're doing a lot of stuff really right there, but it just wasn't happening. Tropicana didn't look that hot to me. You know, there was – I did. I had some free slot play I redeemed, and I played there, and it was like, eh, it was all right. It wasn't really great. So that was – I was, I was kind of ambivalent about what what that was. It just didn't seem like really good energy. Uh, Trump Plaza, totally dead. Caesars, kind of packed. Bali, I didn't even go into because um, I was heading down the boardwalk. Resorts was the big, the big 
big story for me. Um, was just kind of wandering around. I saw the land shark bar that they have that's on the ocean side of the boardwalk and kind of wandered up there. And it was about 2.30 or 3 in the afternoon. And it looked like people were having a really good time. They were drinking. They were eating the food. Um, you know, a lot of buffalo wings and cheeseburgers and that kind of stuff. And everybody looked like they were having a great time. The place was packed. I was saying, huh, this is pretty good. You know, this is pretty good, especially for after the end of the summer season, although it was still a pretty nice day weather-wise. Then I went into the casino, and as kind of was the theme for this trip down the boardwalk, I had some free slot play to redeem and <laughs> and uh, do that. So I had actually had trouble finding a slot machine to play at. Uh-oh. It was so – it was that crowded. Now, it's not that – I'm not telling you there weren't any free slot machines, but I kind of like to have the buffer, you know, so you're not right next to somebody, <laughs> especially if they're really into it and, you know, you don't know if they're going to get mad at you if you win or they'll get mad at you if you lose because you're giving bad luck. So, yeah, I, I always like to have that little buffer there. And I had to really circle around a couple of times to find a machine that I liked and uh, a place where it wasn't too crowded. So, I I was amazed. I would guess probably like seventy-five to eighty percent of the slots were full, which wow. was pretty good. I mean, yeah, it was that's that crazy. place was packed. The energy was great. I don't think I've been in an Atlantic City casino where people were having that much fun in a really long time. Wow. And it just made me think this is really awesome and this is fun. And so I had a I had a really good time there. I actually had a good time. Hanging out with the other slot players, everybody was in a good mood. And one lovely woman actually offered me her machine because she had to go catch her bus and said the machine was really hitting a lot that day and, you know, I should take it. And it, so, it was re- so everybody was in a good mood. It wasn't Did you unusual. explain to her that the results, I, outcomes are random? And no, that, I was uh, not. In that, I wasn't in that mood. I wasn't <laughs> in that mood. So it was, it was kind of, it was just really fun. You know, everybody was doing what they wanted to do. It, it seemed like that. So that was very refreshing. So the Margaritaville rebranding there, to me, you've got to say that's a total success because so, they don't seem to have lost what they had and they've gained a lot. Is, is But I want to try and drill down on why. Is it is it this new rebranding that is getting people to come in? I mean, you just mentioned walking down the boardwalk and some places were empty or just not really going off and then you go in there and it's like a madhouse what what is the deal is it oh. just this is it is it you know cheeseburgers in paradise what's going on it's i would say part of it's definitely the cheeseburger in paradise part of it and i don't know how much this is true is what mohegan is doing and how they're leveraging their pennsylvania and connecticut properties to get people ah. here i think that's got to be a part of it you know and the way i'm thinking is if you have a table player you want to get them up to connecticut where there is no, of course, since it's a tribe, they're not taxed, but there's no revenue share on table games. So if you have a good table player who kind of proves their themselves in Pennsylvania or New Jersey, you want to get them up there. If it's a good slot player, I think you would want to get them down to Atlantic City, where the slot where the tax is about nine percent compared to the revenue share, I think of twenty-five percent on slots in Connecticut. So it kind of it kind of makes sense. You know, the You should the build Demo- a hyperloop. Yeah, they should. So whatever Mohegan is doing to run this place and get people in it, they are actually getting people in the casino and they're playing. And it seemed to be, you know, it didn't seem to be all Jimmy Buffett fans. It seemed like a pretty big cross-section 
um, age-wise, ethnicity, ethnicities, race-wise, it seemed like a huge cross-section of the Northeast hmm. of America, which may also embrace Jimmy Jimmy Buffett fans. I don't know, but it's certainly a lot of people there who were having a good time. Were so they then, Hawaiian shirts? No, no, they weren't. And it's it's funny. There's this kind of strange dissonance there because the cocktail servers are still wearing the flapper-inspired outfits. Ah, so it's very. It, you can see it's in the cusp of the transition here. Right, right, right. So the next place I visited was my old stomping grounds, the Trump Taj Mahal, and that was pretty not a lot happening. You know, you could tell that, yeah, this doesn't have the excitement. Didn't go inside Showboat, went down to Revel, and I, I tweeted Ooh. out Ooh, that what? funny... I've never heard of them before. Yeah, huh? that's that's the problem. Tweeted out my my little, uh, the little shot I took of the billboard outside saying Gamblers Wanted. Just, yeah, I find I find that's funny on a meta level too. It, it's yeah. just it's great. Uh, went in there, took the escalator of terror up to the casino. <laughs> it, that thing is still there, and got kind of got a little bit queasy, kind of looking up at the five flights of it going all the way up. Only took it up to the second level there at the casino, and I've got to say this is one of the most beautiful casinos I've ever been in. It's just a gorgeous building that I loved and. There was almost no gamblers in there. I would say maybe 10 or 15% of the slot machines were being used. This is like a gaming management, gaming studies nerd thing that you do. You try to calculate the utilization ratio. Yeah. And it's kind of hardwired in my brain as I'm walking around. I'm kind of trying to estimate what it is. So I would say it was like 75%, 80%, 75, 80% resorts. It was like 10 to 15% at Revel, you know, on those air. Probably at about like a 3.30 on a Saturday afternoon. That's awful. It was was terrible. It was really terrible. They're, so, but walking around the non-gaming areas was awesome. I was very tempted. They had a Belgian beer uh, draft for $3 and I was about to order one, but then uh, my wife texted me and (laughs) we had to go to someplace else. So, couldn't really hang out there the way I wanted to, but the the man, it just looks phenomenal, and I don't understand why. I, you know, I don't know what they're doing to keep people out of that place, but man, it's just an incredible facility. If this was in the strip, I think this would be this would be the place that people were going to if it was in the strip. Yep. Wow. It's that's it's amazing how how poorly things have worked out for them. Uh, I mean, it really. I have I from anybody that's been I still haven't been there, but from anyone that has visited, I've only heard, you know, that they liked their stay. They the thought had a great time in the casino, uh, but people just aren't going there. Yeah, and it kind of that kind of tells me something about running a casino. That on one hand you have the newest and nicest and best place, and it's empty, and the other hand you have the oldest, kind of most rundown one. Even though they are they did renovate it, and it's packed. So that tells me that physical plant is not the key determinant of consumer behavior there. It's something else. So that if I was running a casino, I would obviously want to invest in your physical plant, but clearly that's not enough on its own because it's not working to Revel. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it also is just the nar- the narrative is super important. And Revel is now known as a place that isn't working. It's sort of known as a failure. And that people, it's not just people that, like pay as close attention as we do. There are enough stories about Revel in national news about it, about how all the trouble that they've had, that it's sort of been branded as a failure. And that is not a positive vibe. Although you would think 
players would want to play at a casino that was losing money. Well, you would think that maybe they would be winning money, right? That they would be more like more <laughs> aggressive about uh, maybe you know lowering their hold and whatnot. Um, you know, improving the the conditions for players. Um, and I, I get what you're saying, uh, but it's not working. It's like a craps table, right? You go to the casino, you see the craps table with the three dealers standing around staring yeah, at each right. other. You don't want to get on that table. No. You know? No, this you you got to have this this magical set of conditions where it, it just sparks and you get enough people swirling together that all of a sudden you got a big game going. And that, you know, that magic can happen, but uh if you don't have the right uh the right spark, it just does never gets off the ground. No, it's too bad. I, I, like I said, I've only heard great things about the building. Um, other than the only thing that I, and I haven't seen this for myself, but I keep seeing all these pictures about how the just the starkness of its, uh, of how it looks from the beach, just the lack of landscaping. And people have tried to told me that, you know, it's just certain things won't grow there and hurricanes and blah, blah, blah. But it just, it looks a little bit stark to me um, from that view based on the, the photos that I've seen. Uh, well, thank you, Dave, for sharing your Atlantic City experience with us. Um, thank you. Always good to check in with uh, with New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, good times. Yeah. Good, good times. <laughs> um, that's pretty much it. I wanted to quickly talk about um, a change I made with uh, Vegas Paint. Vegas Paint is an iOS app for uh, – People traveling to Las Vegas, Nevada. It's a interactive travel guide. Um, so for many years, uh, I have been selling Vegas Mate at various prices in the App Store. You would pay a one-time fee, and uh, and you would get access to the app. And I'm actually changing that sort of in the middle of the change as we speak. So uh, the pricing for Vegas Mate is going to be as follows: um, the app is free to download in the App Store. So you can go to the App Store right now and download the app for free. Um, a big part of Vegas Mate and a big part of both uh, its utility for people that go often, but also um, the ongoing cost to make it work, is keeping the large volume of content up to date. So the, this is changing so that starting in November, um, if you want to receive content updates, which are released every four weeks, uh, you will pay $3 per year, and that will entitle you both to content updates, but also um, there are going to be some other uh, pro, quote-unquote, features that are unlocked as part of that uh, as part of that payment. So for folks that uh, might be visiting Las Vegas for a weekend and um, would might benefit from the app but uh, would never buy it, uh, they're going to be able to download the app for free and use it for the weekend, and they never have to use it again, and, and that's fine. What I'm trying to do is uh, more closely align the uh, the 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 price the people that people that people pay with um, with the value that they get, um, and also expand the audience because I think there's some cool stuff that I can do. Um, even if they're, you know, I think the way most of these things go is that the vast majority of the people that download it will end up not paying anything, um, and then the a smaller percentage of people that get value out of it will end up being willing to subscribe. And that's the way it's sort of, that's what I'm expecting. And, that, and that's fine. Um, and actually it's been interesting since I made the change, the number of downloads really skyrocketed. I mean, it got noted in, in a couple of places um, that, uh, that got the word out, but 
I'm hoping that I can get uh, Vegas made onto a lot more iPhones. And that means that we can do all kinds of cool stuff with that and that the folks that uh, want to use it will will get value out of it. So if you have been curious about VegasMate but are not willing to buy apps, I know there's a lot of folks out there that want to be able to try something before they pay for it. And that's this this model allows you to do that. So you can go in and download the app and try it. And if you, you're going to be using VegasMate often and you go to Vegas you know, a couple times a year or even once a year, I hope that you'll consider uh, signing up when that's available in a few weeks. So um, there's going to be more. There's more details on the website. I'll link to it in the show notes. There's some specific um, for those folks that have recently purchased the app right before this transition. You're going to be credited. the The way that that works is a little bit involved, and so instead of going over all that now, I will just link to that in the show notes so that you can see if you're eligible for that. Um, but I, you know, I'm hoping it's going to bring a whole lot of new people to the app. And, uh, if nothing else, uh, you know, having to, to keep begging for your money, is going to keep me honest. So, uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what happens and, uh, I hope it works out. There's the other app I have in the app store, uh, for Las Vegas, Vegas list app. That's going to remain the way that it is now as uh, a normally paid one-time app. That that's a lot different in that it's, um, you know, it doesn't have ongoing content expenses and whatnot. So you buy that and you make lists that you hopefully find useful. So I uh, just wanted to make a quick note about that stuff. And if anybody has any questions, you can always contact Vegas Mate Support and I would be happy to answer them for you. I've been, I should say, uh, I've been very heartened by all of the supportive messages that I've gotten. I was expecting, when I announced this change, I was expecting, um, you know, at least some backlash. And I, I've gotten a few people that have been unhappy uh, with it. They don't like the idea of subscription software and they just just aren't interested. And that's fine. Um, but I've actually been really um, heartened by how many people wrote me out of nowhere to say that they supported it and can't wait to sign up. So that's really great. That makes me feel good. I really appreciate that, the folks that, that uh, are interested in doing that. So that's very cool. Thank you. Um... Yes. Vegas Mates in the App Store. VegasMate.com. You can find it there. Thank you for uh, – this message was uh, sponsored by VegasMate.com. Uh, <laughs> uh, that is it for our show today. Of course, of course, of course, of course, of course, we want to see you next weekend for the Vegas Internet Mafia Family Picnic. Um, I, I'm just remembering now that one thing we did not mention in our rundown was that – all of the events, uh, except for the Vimptucky Derby, which is a prize, uh, you, you, it's, you pay to enter. It's a, like a tournament, slot tournament style event. Um, everything else is completely free. You do not have to pay. You're welcome to come. We want you to be there. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, so you do not need to pay. Um, we do have a Facebook event for the show that you should feel free to add your name to if you like Facebook. If you hate Facebook, you don't want, you want to be anonymous. You're Edward Snowden and you want to come to our show. That's totally cool. You do not have to sign up for the Facebook thing. It's not a prereq. Uh, it's just to give us an idea of who's coming. And at this point, it's probably fairly moot, uh, to be perfectly honest, um, because uh, things are pretty much locked in place at this, at this time. So uh, we really hope to see you next weekend. VegasInternetMafia.com has all of the details. You, as Chuck said, you can save that to your home screen and quickly reference it throughout the weekend. It is going to be cool. Awesome, fantastic, supreme. Um, so, and for, for those who can't go, 
but still want to follow along the uh, oh, sh- shenanigans, yes. you should uh, hit the Vimpf hashtag on your social media platform of choice. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for reminding me of that. So, uh, yes, the Vimpf, the hashtag is going to be Vimpf, V-I-M-F-P. And um, so I think, you know, for those that want to follow along, Twitter's probably have the most activity, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you also saw some stuff on Facebook, maybe, and some Instagram photos. Um, so, yes, definitely follow that hashtag, and you'll get some good info. And for those that have been wondering, we are not going to be shooting video of the event. We've traditionally, um, we've not at least not done it consistently. There have been some experiments with video that didn't really work out that well. But there will be audio versions of the Vegas Gang episode we record and also Five Honey by Midnight that will be that will be in the normal feed. So if you can't come, our interview with Seth Shore will be in the feed uh shortly after we return from Las Vegas. So should be great. A lot of fun. Um so now, sure bets. So this is uh, our segment at the end of the show here where we get to recommend something to you, our listeners, that we think you might find interesting. Um, you know, it sometimes it has to do with casinos, but honestly, most of the time it does not, and that's good. We are we are people of varied and wide interests, and we like to share them with you. So, what I would like to do is to ask my co-hosts if they have anything to share. Uh, Doctor Dave, do you have anything for us? I do. This is this is kind of cool. So, if you've been to the GrandismoBook.com website and saw the trailer for the book. The music I used for that is by a group called the Underscore Orchestra. They're based out of Portland, and I was really struck by the music because it was kind of a swing jazzy thing with this klezmer influence that to me really kind of epitomized the way that you you would feel if you got inside the brain of a kid who grew up in St. Joseph, Missouri during the Depression, you know, coming out of that Eastern European background and everything, and then moved to Vegas and built these big casinos. So I kind of had that, I don't know, a quality that just when I heard it, I said, this is the music I want for the trailer. So it's underscore orchestra. They are apparently touring and they're playing with all kinds of people and doing all kinds of stuff. And they have a couple of uh, albums that are available for purchase. So, Hunter, I will send you their info and you can put it up with the show notes because I've really, really gotten into them. They're really cool. Perfect. Uh, excellent. I'll definitely do that. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, Chuck, um, you know, what, what is your sure bet this week? Love? Happiness? <laughs> uh, do, you, do you have something for us? I do. Ah! My, my sure bet is – Vacation. <laughs> no, I do not mean the album by the Go-Go's, <laughs> which is still quite spiffy in and of itself, but the the entire concept of uh, disconnecting yourself from your day-to-day life and doing something completely different. A few weeks ago, I unplugged my computer, unplugged my phone, and vanished into the middle of the Pacific Ocean on a boat with my lovely wife and spent a week doing a basically eating and playing bingo. So, and it it was, it was incredibly relaxing to have that amount of time. And then I'd had a little staycation afterwards. I promised myself I wasn't going to work for a week and did a bunch of yard work and goofed around the house. And, you know, it's, I feel like a different person and I'm relaxed and all my normal stress and aggravation, my wife's as well, has 
kind of vanished for now. So if you haven't taken a vacation and, you know, for I know we talk about vacation because we go to Vegas and all the time and all this stuff. But if you haven't taken a vacation where you're completely got nothing to do, <laughs> I highly suggest you do that. So it's good advice. I should probably take that advice. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm bad. I'm bad at vacation. Yeah, I'm terrible I, at that. I am too. Like it's the last thing I want to do. My wife has to sort of force me to do it. Yeah. She's we're going, we're doing this, we're doing that. And I'm like, why? We can just go to Bellagio, right? <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, I, t- I totally hear you on that one. Well, that's cool. Uh, I'm glad that you had a good time. I'm glad you didn't lose all your photos. Uh, I'm glad everything worked out. Thanks. Yes. Um, Let's see. I do have something. I want to. I'm going to put a video in the show notes. Um, the video is titled "How Designers Destroyed the World." Um, it is a, a presentation given by uh, a guy that runs a San Francisco uh, web design studio, talking about sort of the responsibility that designers have to do a good job. He gives a illustration about about Facebook, and Facebook is not known for doing a great job when it comes to explaining their privacy settings, but to uh, to uh, sort of summarize, there's an anecdote included about how those settings uh, caused a serious problem for a young girl who had a piece of information revealed that she did not intend to reveal to the world. Um, and just going to the larger point about how some of these decisions that we make when we create things um, actually have far uh, – <laughs> Lots of implications. And so I, 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 it's a very well done presentation. Definitely recommend it. Um, I think it actually applies. You don't have to be involved in creating stuff for it to apply. I think it literally any human would get uh, something out of it. So I'm going to put it in the show notes. I thought it was um, entertaining and interesting. So I'm going to share it with you. Yay. Okay. All right. Vimpf. All right. Don't forget, you people out there. I know you've already forgotten. To rate the show on iTunes. Seriously. I'm talking to you, that guy that's like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to do that. Oh, yeah. Do it. Yes. Guy, guy or gal. But seriously, do it. Person. Do it. We give the show to you for free. And in return, we want your comments, ratings, and reviews. So that's what we, uh, that's what we ask. So please go on iTunes and leave a leave a review, rate the show. Also, if you have questions, comments, concerns, you can go to VegasGangPodcast.com and leave them there. Um, you can tweet at us using uh, at VegasGang. And uh, that's it for today. Thank you, guys, for being here. I'm going to go around. You guys can tell people where they can find you if they want to bother you. Um, Dr. Dave, if people want to harass you about books that you haven't shipped yet, where would they find you? First, they can go to GrandissimoBook.com and uh – have some fun there. All right, good. That's where I, that's where I, that's where I would go if I was looking for me this week. Grandismobook.com. Perfect. Uh, Chuck Monster, where can people find you? People can find me at VegasTripping.com. Excelente. Uh, folks that want to download Vegas Mate, go ahead. It's in the app store. It's free. Love you guys. Thanks. Have a good weekend.